Before our family moved from Michigan to be among you here in Pittsburgh, I was in my driveway on a great Saturday morning watching my kids riding their bikes in, their, in our driveway, sitting in a long lawn chair having my coffee with the Lord, and a couple of men came up to me and asked me if they could have a couple of minutes of my time. As it turns out, they were Jehovah's Witnesses, and they wanted to share with me about their religion. In fact, I stand here not to put them down or anything like that, but to honor their zeal, going door to door and telling others about what it is that they believe to be true. But as our conversation unfolded, it turns out I had my Bible as well. (laughs) And I like to consider myself a man of zeal, a man who's been changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. So I was equally as passionate to tell them about who Jesus is and the difference that Jesus has made in my life. If anything, we should be challenged about how it is we share our faith. I mean, it was a reminder to me, it was a huge wake-up call, saying, man, I'm not doing nearly enough to tell others about who Jesus is and the difference he's made in my life. At any rate, I just share this as a beginning point to what I hope to answer, which is the question of what about other religions? This fall, we've embarked in a preaching series together as a parish where we asked you, our parish family, for some burning questions on your hearts and on your minds. And I think we had 53 questions in all, and uh, we're going through those Sunday by Sunday. And the priests are doing our very best to answer these questions that have been submitted by you. And so today, I, I will do my best to answer that question. So what about other religions? Before we continue, uh, would you pray with me? Father, we bless your name today. Lord, we love you, we exalt you, we worship you in this place, and we lift you up. God, we ask in the next few moments, would you speak to us clearly? Would you release your presence and the power and the teaching ministry of your Holy Spirit? Confront us, challenge us, change us, and draw us closer to you. And to that end, I'm available to you, Lord, to use me according to your will, Would you stand in my body? Would you think with my mind and speak with my tongue? And then, Lord, you receive all the honor, glory, and praise, for you alone are worthy. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so just a bit of backgrounder before we get into the message. In fact, if you brought your Bible, I invite you to turn with me to John chapter 14, our gospel lesson for today. John chapter 14. Uh, We'll start in verse 1. It's also in the Pew Bible in the seat ahead of you on page 877, page 877. But just let me give you a bit of background here. Christianity actually is not unique in that it has a moral teaching. In fact, all religions have some sort of moral code. So I could see why some folks would think, well, gee, aren't all religions basically the same? But there is one major difference, actually, between Christianity and all world religions, and it comes down to our founder, Jesus Christ. Just, let me just give you this bit of background of what some of the other world religions teach. This is not by all means an exhaustive teaching, just to kind of give us, uh, just lay the foundation for what we're dealing with here today. Mormonism, 
Mormons use, actually, the King James Bible. However, they believe that it is incomplete and it contains errors. Therefore, they have their own holy book, which is held up to be divine scripture and equal in authority to our Bible, and it's called the Book of Mormon. Mormons also teach that God used to be a man on another planet and that God resides near a star named Kolob. And if you're a really good Mormon, you too can be God. Islam. Islam is actually now the second largest world religion behind Christianity, and it's actually growing at an exponential rate. But they teach that Christ is a prophet. In fact, he's one of many prophets, but certainly not the Son of God. The Muslim must believe that Allah exists. They have to believe that Muhammad is his prophet, and they follow the commands of Allah given in the Quran, which is their holy book. In fact, the prophet Muhammad also reportedly killed many people who disagreed with him. Krishna of the Hindu faith reportedly murdered his uncle, which is kind of ironic when you consider that Hinduism teaches that God is in everything. So why would you murder God? They don't believe in an absolute morality. There's no divine law. There's no divine will that discriminates between good and evil. Siddhartha Gautama, the founder of Buddhism, seems to have been a pretty good guy. But he abandoned his wife and his son in order to achieve, quote-unquote, enlightenment. So, what's the difference? What's the big deal? Unlike Muhammad, unlike Krishna, and unlike Buddha, Jesus Christ actually claimed to be God. In fact, the Jesus that we worship here the Jesus that we teach here, the, teachers that, the Jesus that we adore here in this place is unique. He's unique in his birth. The life of Jesus Christ was foretold more than 300 times in the Hebrew Bible, what we call the Old Testament as Christians. Jesus Christ was unique in his claims. Unlike any other religious founder, Jesus claimed to be God. He's unique in his death. Unlike any other religious founder, Jesus suffered and he died in our place to pay the penalty for our sin. And Jesus is unique in his resurrection. Unlike any other religious founder, Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. And the word of God, the Bible gives us everything that we need to know about who Jesus is. Two weeks ago, Father Jonathan preached on how do I know the Bible is reliable. If you missed it, I highly recommend that you download the podcast that's on our website because his talk is actually the foundation to my message today. And what I hope to do is to build upon that foundation using our gospel lesson for today where Jesus speaks very plainly about who he is. So let's go to the Word Together Church. John chapter 14, I want to start with verses 1 through 5. John 14, verses 1 through 5, where the Bible says this, Jesus speaking, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would have I told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. 
verse 4, and you know the way to the place where I am going. Now, verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Let me stop right here for just a moment. Jesus' earthly ministry is coming to a close. That reality is now just starting to sink in with the disciples. And so what Jesus does is he reassures his disciples about the promise of heaven. Heaven is eternity with Jesus. In fact, it's an eternity that is preparing himself for you and for me. And Thomas, so clearly, desperately, he wants to be with Jesus. He's asking, where are you going and how can we know the way? Now look in verse 6, John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let me stop right here now. What this verse makes clear is that the Lord Jesus Christ is himself the way to heaven. He is not merely showing the way. Jesus is the way. Ultimately, the way to God is not by keeping the Ten Commandments or by keeping the Golden Rule or by church membership or whatever you want to fill in the blank with. The way is through Jesus And in Jesus alone. Amen. Finding eternal life is in a person. When you accept that person as your own, you have salvation. Christianity is Christ. The Lord Jesus is not just one of many ways. He is the only way. He said he's the way. And he said he is the truth. He's not just the one who taught truth. He is the embodiment of all truth. If you have Christ, you have the truth. And Jesus said, he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. He is the source of life, spiritual in the here and now and for all eternity. When you receive Christ, you have eternal life because he is the life. And then look in the second part of verse 6, John 14, verse 6. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. Are you hearing what I'm saying here, church? Amen. No one comes to the Father except through me. What's the point? The point is that Jesus leaves no room for an inclusive mentality that believes that all paths are going to lead to God. You know, we're on the bottom of the mountain and there's all these paths here, blah, blah, blah. You know, you go up this path, I'll go up this path. But at the end of it, when we get to the top of the mountain, we'll be there with the same God. Did Jesus say that? Absolutely not. He is not leaving any room for this inclusive mentality that all paths are going to lead to God. In fact, I'll tell you something. Um, A few years ago, I think it was in 2005, 2006, a major mainline Protestant denomination took a vote on this very verse, John 14, 6. And there was a considerable amount of debate about whether or not Jesus Christ was in fact the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. I don't know what was actually more offensive. The fact that there was a vote or the fact that the vote was close. It was a close vote. 
I'm sure the Holy Trinity was really sweating that one out. But anyway, they're like, gosh, I hope they vote for us, you know. Jesus leaves no room for any kind of inclusive mentality here. And you and I shouldn't either. If we claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, we should not apologize and we need not blush when we declare Jesus' words where he said, Jesus, where Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Amen. Look at verses 10 and 11. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Let me stop right here for just a moment. What Jesus is referring to are the amazing miraculous works that punctuated his earthly ministry. He says, look, if you don't believe me, at least believe me in the works themselves. You know, when Muhammad or Buddha or Confucius or Krishna or any of the leaders of the other world religions, if they were ever caught in a storm, they couldn't change the weather. They would just get wet like you and me. If they ever came across somebody who was blind or deaf or paralyzed, those people would have to stay blind and deaf and paralyzed. If they attended a wedding where the wine ran out, water would just have to do. If they only had five loaves of bread and two fish to feed 5,000, 4,990 people would just have to go hungry. And when they came across dead people, those people stayed dead. And when they died themselves, they stayed dead. But if you go to the tomb of Jesus Christ, he is not there. He is risen. Hallelujah. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let me zoom out for a moment. Let me speak to us. What what does this mean to us practically? And I've got to close. If you came today, if you found yourself here struggling with this question, what about other religions? May I encourage you and tell you that you are in the right place? This is a safe place. I'm here to encourage you this morning just to do something. Just one thing. Ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. In a few moments, I'm going to close in a word of prayer. And I want to encourage you to pray in Jesus' name today. Look in verses 13 and 14. John 14, verses 13 and 14. Jesus said this, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything... I will do it. I fully surrendered my life to Jesus on June 16th, 1992, and my life has never been the same. If you came looking for answers, you came with questions, can I just share this with you? I'm here to tell you, just as my life has never been the same, your life can never be the same too. God desires to have a personal relationship with you through his son, Jesus Christ. 
and you can experience a new life, a forgiven life with Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. As I close in prayer in a few moments, I want to invite you to pray along with me today. Ask God to reveal himself mightily to you today. And I am believing God this morning that he will answer that prayer for you. Let me wrap up this message and say this. All other religious leaders pointed to some other person or some entity for inspiration. But our Lord Jesus Christ pointed to himself. Muhammad confessed to only being a man, and he pointed people to Allah. Buddha never claimed the ability to save anyone. Instead, he pointed them to what is called the noble eightfold path that saves. Not our Jesus. Jesus declared, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He does not claim to show people the way to eternal life. Instead, he declares that he himself is salvation. So, what about other religions? I pray that you will again consider our Lord's words to us today. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is wiping away any other proposed way to eternity. There is only one way, and that way is Jesus. I wonder, do you know him today? As I've been sharing with you, perhaps the Holy Spirit has been tugging on your heart and pointing you to a commitment to Christ. This is your opportunity today. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or do anything like raise your hand or anything like that, but in the quietness of our hearts in just a moment, this is your opportunity to receive the Lord. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, that now is the day of salvation. If you'd like to do that, please talk to one of the pastors here. We would love to pray with you. We would love to rejoice with you. And it's very simple. It's easy as ABC. You admit before God that you're in need of new life. You can't do this life on your own, and you need Jesus in your heart, in your life. You need new life. And then believe that Jesus Christ died for you, and that he died for your sins. And just simply confess that, Jesus, you are my Lord. I want to commit my life to you, and I want to live for you. If you'd like more information, we'd love to pray, and we'd love to rejoice with you today. In fact, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Let's pray. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your son Jesus Christ to be the way, the truth, and the life that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. And all of God's people said, Amen.